everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Here we are for another episode of Witch Casting with Theodore Pendragon. My special guest today is Luna Saranova, and she is a psychic glamour witch. Welcome, Luna. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. A psychic glamour witch. Tell us what a psychic <laughs> glamour witch is. Yeah. I have not heard of that. Okay, so I'm sure other people haven't either. Yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah, that's just kind of, um, it's so hard for me to describe exactly what I do because it is such an eclectic mix of things. But yeah, to me, a psychic glamour, which is somebody who is so embodied in the glamour aspects and connects to their glamour magic into their aesthetic, into their presentation through their intuition and through the divinity. And so it's a very juicy, <laughs> very juicy practice, very juicy connection to the universe. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense. My background, I was a makeup artist for a while. I went to cosmetology school. So literally from day one, I've been, I've had such a connection to glamour in more of like the modern term of glamour. And as I developed my witchcraft practice, I think something that holds me accountable as a witch is bringing my spirituality and my craft into every aspect of my life. And so glamour was always so important to me. And so, yeah, I've kind of become this like psychic glamour witch, I guess, if that makes sense. I understand the glamour part, but tell us about the psychic part. I do consider myself psychic. I connect to mediumship. I I'm very connected to my intuition and stuff like that. I think in terms of connecting the psychic energy to glamour magic, I think it is a lot of just understanding that the energies that we can't see, but that we can connect to through our intuition and stuff can be informed through how we present ourselves through color psychology, through the senses, through things like that. So, I mean, they're separate things but they can they can combine to kind of inform each other the psychic energy and the glamour magic energy. Can you give us an example of glamour magic? Yeah. I mean, it's so funny because everyone does glamour magic even non-witches, and this can be as simple as you carry, you know, you wear your grandmother's jewelry because it makes you feel closer to her. That's a glamour. I mean, we put this physical talisman on even the non the most non-witchy person might put this on and it makes them feel cozy. It makes them feel warm. It makes them feel loved and connected to their grandmother. So that's a very simple example of, you know, 
creating a jewelry talisman or just kind of having a jewelry talisman that connects you to your ancestors or to somebody who you love. And then that bringing in a desired energy. People have like lucky underwear. I don't know. That's like a thing. Some people have like their lucky pair of underwear. Or I remember when I was um, an actress in high school, I had my lucky pair of jeans. And this was before my witchcraft practice really took off. And every time I wore them, I would get the role that I wanted. And that is exactly glamour magic. And I think a lot of times we don't realize we're doing it. And it doesn't have to look like glam or like glamour in like the glamorized Hollywood, beautiful by society's definition. It doesn't have to be beautiful at all. It can be anything, but it's basically changing your appearance or adorning yourself with something that will bring in a desired effect. And changing our appearance, whatever that is, like just applying a beautiful color of lipstick or wearing your lucky underwear can really change <laughs> the energy you put out into the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I think that's such a good thing to note too, because there is a common misconception that glamour magic is icky because it's like forcing others to view you in this not true way. And that's that's not really what it is because it's more so you are wearing something and it's not convincing somebody else that you are something else. It's convincing yourself that that energy is true. So you're not, you know, lying to other people. You are using this energy or this thing to evoke a specific idea or energy or vibe within yourself. And that is the essence of the glamour magic. And of course, people are going to see that. It's the same thing as like why we have our powerful pair of pants or our leather jacket that makes us feel like a badass. And it might be something that is unconventional. It might not always have the traditional effect. Like we do think leather jackets are so badass, but maybe for you, it's a hot pink top. And so other people might not initially think that, but because that hot pink top evokes that energy within you other people are going to pick that up. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because when I was in my twenties, I had a lucky leather mini skirt. <laughs> and when I was looking for a new boyfriend or thought I should have one, or at least give out my phone number, I got lucky when I wore my leather mini skirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is exactly what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And even my friends knew us. I'm going to wear my lucky leather <laughs> mini skirt tonight. It's like, oh no, here we go again. Yes. She's going to get a exactly. new guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. And it's so, it's so funny because it's such a natural human instinct to do that. And it, it's, it's funny because it's, it's such a natural thing. Everyone does it. Everyone has those things, whether or not we know we have that thing, or maybe it's just a running joke in the friend group. And so by knowing that, I mean, you can increase that in your life by you know, enchanting a talisman or, or doing this for money or doing this for something else. It doesn't have to be for attraction or love or glamour. It can be um, like one of my favorite things is protection, having like envisioning a bubble of protection around you or enchanting a black baggy jacket or like a gray or brown jacket with this like cloaking energy to make you blend in to make you not stand out when you're walking alone at night or you're in an environment where you don't want to be talked to. You know, it doesn't have to be glamorous. It can be anything. Now, another topic that you enjoy talking about 
that I have not had on this <laughs> podcast yet is sex magic. Yes. Although I did have an episode where it was touched on just a smidge, but you're going to expand on that, aren't you? Sex magic. What is sex magic? This sounds so juicy. I know. It is really the juiciest. So sex magic is using your sexual or sensual energies for a desired result or outcome. So it doesn't have to be, you know, intercourse or, you know, even even orgasm to be sex magic. It really can because there's a lot of folks who can't orgasm or, you know, maybe they're working through some you know, blocks within their own sexuality and they're not at the point where they can be comfortable enough to use intention, you know, and manifest with their orgasm. You don't have to orgasm. That's totally fine. You can just use that sensual energy, that, that tinglingness, that getting yourself all worked up, you know, it just, as long as you can make yourself feel juicy and feel good, like you can work with that energy because I think we can all really agree on Climax orgasm, sexual energy is like such a peak energy. It's such an experience. And so when we're thinking about traditional spell casting, you know, there's that point when we want to raise that energy so that we can send out our intention to the universe, to the goddess, to whoever. What is more powerful than working that energy up through orgasm or through sensual touch? And I mean, what a fun way to do it. <laughs> you know, like that is such a fun way to manifest. Tell us what your most profound spell was using sex magic. Mm. Honestly, I think the best has been kind of more of this. Uh, it's been more of like a, a journey, like a series, I guess, of spells that have worked me up towards really healing my wounds around sexuality and around sexual expression around being a sexually enlightened woman in our society. I grew up Catholic, so I had a lot of guilt around my sexuality and I had a lot of shame around self-pleasure and just enjoying sex for myself and it not being a performative thing or it not being in service of somebody else solely. And so there was a lot of, you know, like self-pleasure practice that worked me towards owning that like pleasure is my birthright and that, you know, I deserve to feel good and like I deserve to self-pleasure. And um, yeah, I've also worked like in the sex work industry. I used to be a dancer. Um, I used to work for Playboy. I was a Playboy bunny. And as much as through those times, like I've been very, you know, sexually like open, I guess, and very proud of my work. And it was always from a place of genuine, like, I really like doing it. There was always a little bit of this underlying guilt that came with it that I recognized was not my own. I recognized, like, I enjoy doing this. Like, this is really fun. Like, my husband's so supportive. Like, there is no reason to feel guilty. I'm safe. I'm doing this from a place of love and enjoyment. However, that societal guilt was kind of this undercurrent um, that caused a lot of pain. And so, working with a consistent self-pleasure sex magic practice helps me to like really get comfortable with my body and allowing myself to feel pleasure for just myself. And that's part of the reason I really think that self-pleasure sex magic is a lot better than like paired partner 
sex magic. I think there's so much, you can go so much deeper with yourself. You know, you can cry if you need to and not be like, excuse me, <laughs> you know, like, this isn't about you, you know? So it's, I just think you can get so deep into your psyche. So that's a very long way to say through a series of sex magic practices within my self-pleasure practice, I've been able to really work through and break down the guilt and the shame of being a sexually liberated woman in our society. And I think that has been the most powerful because that has made me feel so much more confident in every aspect of my life and own my ability to receive pleasure and joy and abundance. Guilt implies that you've done something wrong. There's nothing wrong with self-pleasure. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with consensual sex. Yes, absolutely. And it, and, and it's so funny because, I mean, so many of us still feel guilt around that. And especially those who maybe were raised in a very conservative society or under, you know, a conservative or puritanical maybe religion growing up. I mean, those things, even if we fully detached from them and fully been like, yeah, I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. Our inner child had those beliefs really pounded into them. And so they're they're under the surface. No matter how sexually liberated you are, if you grew up with those sort of things being taught to you, those might still be underneath the surface. And that's why that self-awareness is so important, you know? Yeah. So you're no longer a bad Catholic girl for thinking about sex. <laughs> no, and now I am just like a liberated, happy person who enjoys the senses. And and it's so funny now to see, you know, like, oh, I just read Britney Spears' memoir. Oh my gosh, I highly recommend it. It was so good. And um, just to see how prevalent this shame of sexuality towards women is like throughout all of society. And, you know, I've been removed from, from that. And now when I see it and I'm reminded of like, oh yeah, people still shame women. Like in 2023, people are still shaming women for things that we celebrate men for. And it's, it's really confounding, but it feels like being in an alternate universe sometimes. You live in a big city, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I live in Los Angeles. So how do you do magic when you live in a big city? Because you're not mm -hmm. surrounded by nature every day. There is a really good book that I recommend called City Witchery by Lisa Marie Basile. I love her work. That book I actually read on my drive from Kansas to Los Angeles. I had bought it and I was like, you know, going to be on this two-day two drive. And I was like, I'm going to work through this book because I need to figure out what to do. When I was living in Kansas, like I could just walk and be in the forest or in nature. And so I knew it was going to be a culture shock. Yeah. I think for me, it's kind of creating a sanctuary with whatever you have and working really hard. I know it's very hard, but working really hard not to compare your practice to other people's. I still, you know, I, I have my favorite creators who just, they're vlogging and, oh, now they're in the woods and now they're in this beautiful river and they're communing with the nature spirits. And it's easy to be like, wow, I look around and it's just like a bunch of cars and like highways. But I think the key is to really remember that magic is in everything. It's in every single thing that is living, that is breathing. Even like your furniture has a vibration to it. Everything has energy. So I think creating little sanctuaries in your home, if you can have like a windowsill herb garden 
or even just connecting to the food that you buy, like going to the farmer's market, I think is a great thing. Having plants in your house for me has been really helpful and always having like flower offerings for my deities. I think just any way you can bring nature in, but also like cut yourself some slack because it is what it is and magic can be brought in with anything. That's why I like to buy flowers at the farmer's market and Trader Joe's or (laughs) the grocery store. Bring flowers home usually when I go grocery shopping so that I could have a nice floral arrangement. Absolutely. I do the same thing. It's like my little treat. (laughs) You were brought up Catholic Mm -hmm. with all the guilt stuff, the guilting. (laughs) Yeah. So you must have left the Catholic religion at some Mm -hmm. point. How does your family deal with this? Or do they even know that you're a glamour witch? Yeah, that's a great question. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm really, really lucky. My My family is spiritual. They're very connected to their Catholicism, but I think more so they're connected to the energy of divinity. And They've always, I mean, even growing up, like it was the church that really kind of fucked me up. <laughs> Hopefully I can say that. But, um, oh yeah, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it was the church that really messed me up. My parents were always like, you know, very LGBTQIA, like very in love with that. Like we were very open. Um, it was very loving and I always was open. I actually, when I first left the church, I identified as Buddhist. I studied Buddhism for a while, which I feel like most Christians like are pretty chill with. Yeah. When I started being more open about my transition into, which was first Wicca and then just general witchcraft, they had questions. Yeah. They had questions at first, but uh, they were always super supportive. And I think what was really nice is having a family that was already just very curious. And so instead of judging, they would ask and I was able to explain to them, like, it's like a nature-based religion. Like, we don't even believe in the devil. So, like, all this, all the things that are spooky about witches or Wicca or paganism, it was all kind of made up by the church to kind of scare people away. And they're just like, oh, cool. And it's really cute now because my mom, like, will talk about me and what I do and, and my beliefs and explain to other folks like in her generation and in the Midwest, which is very heavily conservative, like, oh, it's a nature-based religion. It's all about like connecting with nature and with the elements and with this and this. And so it's really cute to hear her, this Catholic lady, like explain what I believe in a very respectful and accurate way. And everyone being like, oh, that's so cool. Um, But I think it, not everybody has that privilege to have a supportive family. And I think it's just important for everybody to look at, you know, you know, like what they're, what they have and make that decision for themselves. I don't think you're any less of a witch if you don't tell people. If it's in private, you are as much of a witch as I am. You don't have to be loud about it. You don't have to tell people. You can even lie. The gods aren't going to be mad at you. Like if you're doing it for your safety, they're not going to be mad at you. So I've had the pleasure of being able to be open and I have some other family members who are probably not as supportive, but I think they're too scared to say anything. (laughs) And so it's nice, you know, don't ask and don't tell kind of energy, I guess. Yeah. And you don't even have to feel guilty if you lie. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You have a YouTube channel with over 30,000 subscribers. 
tell us about your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so it's really funny. I always loved making YouTube videos as a kid. I remember being 12 and making a comedy channel with my best friend. And I just always had this passion and this drive within me to write scripts and be funny and make these jokes and, and then create content and edit it. And so, I mean, I was like editing my YouTube videos in middle school and high school. And I went from doing comedy to doing makeup videos. And all those are kind of gone now because, you know, it's like 12 year old me. It was very cringy. <laughs> it's like very silly. <laughs> cringy. And it was cute. And I'm glad I was able to express myself, but no one needs to see that. Um, and so I think it was in 2020 that I made the shift from beauty videos to talking about my spirituality, which was kind of a scary shift because I had I had a couple thousand subscribers from doing videos about beauty and about skincare. And I was worried because it, it felt like so much to me. I think I had maybe like maybe like 5,000 max subscribers. And I was like, I'm going to lose all these subscribers if I start talking witchy shit. Like who's going to stay around? So I thought about making a new channel and, and all this stuff. But I ended up just saying, you know what, like if this is who I am, this is me. The people who are here for me are going to stay. And if anyone wants to leave, that is totally fine. And I just made the switch to witchy videos and it really took off. And it was really nice to have that community and I think that's my favorite thing about YouTube. That's my absolute favorite social media platform because it's so community oriented and you can really sit down and be lengthy with how you speak. And I love long form content like on TikTok. I feel like I can never say everything I'm trying to say. And so I just YouTube, it's intimate in that way. So I've always loved doing my YouTube videos and it's really been this beautiful creative outlet for me where I can, you know, aesthetically show my things and create something beautiful, but also be real and have some sort of online community because I think so many of us are so lonely. I mean, if you look at the statistics, I think Gen Z is like so lonely. It's like very scary and very sad. And I think that social media can be a powerful tool if we use it wisely. And I think that's why I try to be very real on my YouTube it's easy to want to look perfect and to make everything look great and and have this pretty nice version of you. And so even on my days when I'm feeling like shit or I'm angry or I'm bitchy or I'm breaking out, I'm like, I'm still going to show up because this is real. And I know other people feel this way and experience this. And I never want someone to see this, you know, perfect version of me and, and hold themselves to some standard that doesn't even exist in my life. So I try to be a bit of a breath of fresh air and try to be real and still fun and still aesthetic, but just all in all to have a community, to have a space where people can go to and feel like they have people there for them. On your YouTube channel, you talk about tarot and astrology readings. Is there anything else you talk about? Yeah. It's really funny. I uh, I don't know how I got into it, actually. I think... I think I had been getting the goddess provisions box for a couple months and I was like, I want to show this. So I showed it and it went crazy. People loved my unboxing videos and I never would have thought that. I thought people need in information. They need me to be, you know, this informative, smart person, this sage advisor. But what people really were drawn to were my videos where I was vlogging and when I was doing unboxings, they just wanted a friend. And so I had to kind of like 
cut the shit and be like, people don't want me to be this teacher. They don't want me to be this sage. They want a friend. So I do a lot of vlogs. I do a lot of unboxings. A lot of my content is very much, people like to say that it feels like they're just sitting down and talking to me. It's very just kind of casual, friendly, chill. We talk about astrology. We talk about tarot. We talk about all kinds of witchcraft stuff. But yeah, it's it's very much vloggy, unboxings, anything witchy, really. You also host a podcast called Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been hosting that podcast? Oh, I think it was... Uh, I think it was January 2021 that I started, and um, I've been taking a break. I My last podcast was up in June of this year, and I took a little bit of a break, but it's funny that you bring this up because I've actually been... That's something on my 2024 goal list is to bring back the podcast because it is so fun. And I, I'm a very, like I said before, very long-winded person. I can't seem to stop talking <laughs> most of the time. So podcasts are a very good place for me where I can just talk. And I think, um, yeah, so I've been doing that since January of 21. And it's kind of, I don't even know, it's kind of all over the place. I mean, it's just chat. It's like sitting down with a friend with a cup of coffee and just talking about whatever comes up. Sometimes it's about the zodiac season. Sometimes it's just random thoughts I had in the shower that I'm just going to talk about for 20 minutes. And sometimes I have the pleasure of having really cool people on. Like I got to speak with Gabriella Herstick, uh, Captolia, who's a great digital witch brand um, kind of genius. And Gabriella Rosales, the stylist witch, like so many beautiful, amazing people who have so much wisdom. And I think that's probably my favorite thing about podcasting. And maybe you agree, maybe you have a different experience, but I mean, it's, it's nice to kind of sit back and just to hear other people's perspectives and to pick at people's brains and just, yeah, see all the wisdom out there. Every guest is an expert. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to say like, you know, I know what I know, but this person can bring you something so much different and and really, really cool in their own way. And to give them that platform, it's really a great way, I think, to build community and to, to platform folks who deserve it. Yeah. That's the beauty in all of us, because we all have something to share to the world. Absolutely. Whatever that wisdom is. Yeah. I'm sure the listeners are curious about you. So tell us how we can find you and follow you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So you can find me on most things just at my name, Luna Saranova, S-E-R-A-N-O-V-A. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at Luna the Glam Witch. I obviously have the Good Witch, Bad Bitch podcast. Yeah. And you can find everything lunaceranova.com. That's where I've got all my stuff. Um, and yeah, just chilling on the internet. Find, come find me. <laughs> I find that the most interesting thing that you had to offer us is that you're a glamour witch and what you shared about sex magic. What advice can you give the listeners about glamour magic, sex magic, or combining both? Yeah, absolutely. I think my biggest piece of advice would be to really tune in with yourself. 
It can feel really icky when we're trying to connect to glamour magic by what we've seen other people do. I know for a long time I was like, I'm going to wear this tight corset with my push-up bra and these this pretty tight skirt and I'm going to feel so sexy. And I ended up feeling not sexy because it was uncomfortable. And so I had to realize, you know, my glamour, my sexuality, it's going to come through in ways that are different than other people. And that's valid and that's okay. And so I think it's a great excuse to get really familiar with yourself. What do you find beautiful? What do you find glamorous? What are your power colors? What are your power, you know, textures? And same with sexuality. Explore. Have a place where you can safely and comfortably explore pleasure for you without the confines of what society has said is sexy or sexual or pleasurable. It's really an excuse to get clear about your desires. So tune in with yourself, play around, have fun, play with makeup, play with clothes, make it like an experiment. It doesn't have to be perfect. You'll figure it out. But above everything else, just connect to what you truly love and what makes you feel empowered and pleasurable. Yeah. Thank you, Luna. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. For your words of wisdom <laughs> and, and your juicy language. Oh, thank it's you. It's all juicy. It's all <laughs> Absolutely. juicy. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'll put all your uh, social media links in the episode notes so they can find you and Absolutely. watch your fabulous YouTube channel, <laughs> your Thank TikTok, you so <laughs> and listen to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for being part of my podcast, Witchcasting with Theodore Pendragon. Blessed be. Blessed be with you too. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine.